everyone. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Rally and Engage presented by Cosvox. I hope everyone had a great Thanksgiving for those listeners that are here in the U.S. Um, I know I did. I got to spend time with my family in New Orleans, which is a city I absolutely love. I'm Noah Barnett, the Growth Marketing Lead here at Cosvox, and today, as we're only two days away from Giving Tuesday, coming up on November 29th, I wanted to spend some time and share seven best practices that we've learned here at Cosvox after viewing hundreds of Giving Tuesday campaigns that can really help you accelerate your campaign on Giving Tuesday and also make it stand out from the noise. The first best practice we've seen help drive success on Giving Tuesday is the importance of telling your stories on Giving Tuesday. Although the rapid growth of Giving Tuesday is exciting, it also means that your organization is is competing for the attention of donors with thousands of other worthy nonprofits. And to stand above the crowd, you really have to make sure your campaign is focused on a story that's not only compelling, but can really connect quickly with your audience. You only have a 24-hour period of time to really engage your audience, and you want to be able to do that by telling a short compelling story that they can really capture onto and not only compel them to give, but activate them to share with their friends and family and community. Research actually shows that donors are more likely to give when they feel a connection to the cause and are inspired by a narrative. Stories that focus on a single beneficiary or donor are more effective than the statistics or kind of the overgeneralizations that nonprofits are just so commonly using. You know, Stories really help donors relate to your organization um, and also just understand the impact and how they can get involved. Now, whether you focus on a single story or spread your story across several characters, just really keep your focus of your communication on the people that make your mission possible. When donors can relate to the message you're sending out, they're much more likely to let their heart make the decision to give, which is really important, again, when you only have that 24 period of time. An organization that does this really well is the Michael J. Fox Foundation. And if you look down the show notes um, as you're listening to this, if you're listening to it on iTunes, it's in the description. If you're listening to it on another platform, you'll see it in the additional resources. But if you look at Michael J. Fox Foundation's um, visual storytelling and how they really tell a story of one to compel you to get around their cause. It's a great example of how maybe you can also do something similar. The second best practice we've seen work well is when you keep your message positive. Really the ultimate goal of your fundraising campaign is to encourage supporters to do something positive, donate to a good cause or take time to volunteer, for example. So it only makes sense to make sure that the messages that you're sending are ones that are positive and reinforcing Well, stats and scary stories or, you know, desperate stories of people that need help get your readers' attention. Decades of research have demonstrated that negative framing almost always has a negative impact on your supporter's decision to act. And so many of us in the industry have been using these tactics to try to convince people to give, but... Statistically, it doesn't actually work that well. So what we've seen work best is when you focus on the positive. When you talk about the impact that your supporters are going to have when they give to your campaign, when you really tell them and show them the narrative of what the problem is, how, what the solution is that your organization implements, 
and then how they can be a part of it, and then giving them that clear call to action. This will ensure your donors act upon your call to action and emphasize the positive aspects of your story. If you have to mention a negative fact, be sure to just follow it up with your organization's solution to the problem and use positive framing. Insight number three that we've seen really effectively drive success on Giving Tuesday is to leverage email properly. Many of you listening to this podcast probably already have emails planned for today or for tomorrow, or even multiple emails planned for the day of on Giving Tuesday. But others may not. And, and what we see is sometimes we think just because Giving Tuesday is a social or an online giving day, that social media is really the only way to promote your campaign or to really engage in the conversation wrapped up around Giving Tuesday. However, email has been proven to be one of the most successful ways to drive action, especially on a day like Giving Tuesday, where you really only have 24 hours to drive results. So our recommendation is, is that you need to use email and use email often. Some maybe listening are you know, a little hesitant about sending multiple emails on the same day or even sending an email on Monday prior to Giving Tuesday and then Tuesday morning. However, it's extremely important that you communicate multiple times throughout the day just to ensure that your audience and your supporters see your communication and can be able to take action on that. And so our recommendation and best practice is to send at least four emails around Giving Tuesday, if not five emails. Successful campaigns usually send out an email a day prior or a few days prior. Since we're so close to Giving Tuesday, I would highly recommend if you do not have an email planned for the Monday before Giving Tuesday. So if you're listening to this on Sunday or you're listening to this on Monday, you know, take some time, put together an email and really set the tone for the campaign that you're going to promote the next day to your audience. In that email, you really just want to kind of overview what Giving Tuesday is all about, why you're participating, and how this idea of global generosity really fits into what you all are doing as a nonprofit. Secondly, you want to send one on the early morning hours of Giving Tuesday. The third email we see that's really important is sending one about midday, right around lunchtime based on where you're located or even when you hit kind of a key milestone so that you can celebrate what has already been done but also rally further involvement and activate supporters to take action on kind of that second half of your campaign. One thing we see is that there's a lot of individuals that will just donate right off the bat but a lot of people that need some kind of extra motivation where they see so many people have already gotten behind your campaign, and now they really want to be part of finishing it off. So because you have those two segments of supporters and pretty much every donor base, you want to be able to provide those anchor emails throughout the day so that individuals can take action. We also see sending a third email on Giving Tuesday works really well towards the end of the day, maybe even in the early evening hours when you know maybe your audience is more online, working on personal things versus just work things. And that's really, again, just driving home that you're so close to your goal 
or maybe you just need 10 or 15 more people to get behind you at $100 a piece, that extra push, that extra shove can take people that are standing on the fence that really want to support you but haven't had the time or have just been busy throughout the day or think someone else will do it. They can really think, no, this is on me. Like I need to help this cause and help get involved and be a part of the Giving Tuesday campaign that your organization's running as a supporter. In addition to that, we see really four components of successful emails. There's a lot of noise during the holiday season in general, and there's even more noise kind of surrounding Black Friday emails and Black Friday sales that are kind of bleeding over into the follow-up week. You know, Monday is Cyber Monday, and so all the online retailers are going to be pushing emails at your supporters. And so it's not just your emails competing with other Giving Tuesday emails. You really need to stand out amongst the overall noise, especially in someone's inbox. So there's four components of a successful email we've seen. Uh, One is in targeting, one is in the subject line, then the main content, and then the call to action. For email targeting, what we mean by that is when sending out targeted emails, you can actually customize the message based on what appeals to that donor set. So let's say you have some high-end donors and you have some low-end donors based on their previous giving history. You can target them with specific asks that maybe for your smaller donors, you might ask them to get involved at $75 or $100, where for your larger donors, you might ask for them to get involved at $500 or $1,000. And by presenting the right message to the right people, especially in a campaign environment like Giving Tuesday, you can drive higher results instead of sending kind of one general email to everybody and hoping for the best. In addition to this, this is even more important because a lot of emails I've seen from nonprofits and maybe many of your emails have not just one call to action, not just two or three, but sometimes four or five actions that you're asking them to be a part of. And when you think about how you use email, usually you read an email, you take in the information, and then you may click on one thing. So there's really only one action you can take from an email. And so when we advise nonprofits around their campaign strategy, you really need to focus in that call to action. So when you target your email separately, that call to action can even be more customized to that audience. The second thing I think is just so important and so underutilized is the value of the subject line. Someone once told me that you should spend half your time on your content and developing the email. That's like the content inside the email, all the copy, the call to action, the design, and the rest of the time focus on your subject line, which seems crazy when you think about it because subject lines are usually 50 characters long and your emails might be, you know, 500, 600, 1,000 characters, or 1,000 words. So why is this? And, and the reason it is so important is it's the first thing your audience sees when they receive an email is the subject line. So you have to make it count. And so we advise you to do four things to make it count. Uh, we, we advise that you keep it short. Like I said, you ideally under 50 characters, and ideally like under three or four words. The shorter the subject line, you know, research has shown that that's really what drives action, Um, not overusing capital letters. So a lot of times I'll get subject lines that are like, you know, help us today, and it's capital H, capital U, capital T, exclamation point, help us, help us, help us. And that's not necessarily the best way. You want to keep it as personal and human as possible. And so write a subject line like you would to your friends or your supporters and think about the importance 
or the message you're trying to convey to them in a personal way. The last thing I, I will say is that you really should personalize it with it with or personalize the email. And what I mean by that is when you receive an email, the two things you see are who it's from, the subject line, and on some email providers, it provides you a little bit of subtext. But the main things that are important are the from name and the subject line. And so many of your organizations are sending emails from your organization's name. And so what that instantly does is tells the receiver that this is an organization or this is an email from a brand. And the problem with that is those are easy emails to ignore. You know, if the Red Cross sends me an email, it's like, oh, the Red Cross sent me an email, that's great. But if, you know, Rebecca Smith sends me an email, I'm going to probably open that because maybe I don't know Rebecca, but it's from a person and it's more likely that I'm going to open that. That's why the subject line and the from name are so important because it really is the gate for someone to be able to even see the content. People spend so much time on that content, but if no one sees it, it doesn't matter how much time you invested in that. So it's really important, especially around Giving Tuesday, go back, double check the emails that you've already thought about, that you already have planned, and take a little look at the subject line, the from name. Think about how you would open that email, how you would perceive it, and how your audience is going to do that in the midst of their day. You know, they have maybe 10, 20, 50, 100 emails, depending on who they are. Why should they open yours? They're busy people. And no one's just sitting there waiting, man, gosh, send me that email organization X, Y, and Z. That just doesn't happen. So again, two things um, to remind uh, for this section is really the idea that, remember, that everyone is busy, you need to stand out, and so it needs to be clear that what your subject is and how you can stand out amongst an inbox. In addition to that, you need to send multiple emails. Send one ahead of time to kind of prepare them for the next day so they are expecting your email the next morning. Send one, two, three emails on Giving Tuesday. And then on the day after Giving Tuesday, send another email thanking everyone for participating, thanking everyone for the progress and the impact that you've made, but also giving them an action to participate the day after. The donations on Giving Tuesday and the donations the day after Giving Tuesday are probably just as impactful for your organization. The fifth best practice we've seen is something so simple, but so easily forgotten. Organizations spend weeks and even maybe months planning their Giving Tuesday campaigns, but then they just roll everything out, they press send, they, the day hits, and they go, and sit back and wait for the donations to roll in. You know, that's, that's going to work. It's going to drive results. But what we've seen is the organizations that get it right stay engaged throughout the day. They almost see it as like this is the fourth quarter and they're just going to keep you know attacking and attacking and attacking because that day is so important and it's only 24 hours. So you know, focusing on engaging with your supporters, maybe doing shout outs or milestone updates, adding comments to people's questions or thanking people for sharing it on social media or you know, responding to emails, being very, very prompt in your response in a reactive sense, but also focusing a lot of time and effort on being proactive throughout the day because your campaign is only going to go as well as it's going to go. And though we think our plan is solid 
and we think nothing's going to go wrong or we think everything's going to go right because we've thought everything out, that's just not going to be the case. And so you need to be able to be nimble that day and respond and be proactive, even maybe, you know, throw in another email that you need to send out to your supporters just because you need to rally them kind of towards that last 10% of your goal or even, you know, to throw in a matching gift if someone says, hey, you know, I love Giving Tuesday, I love what you guys are doing, you know. I'll match gifts, and now you need to throw together a campaign to really promote that matching gift. So really stay engaged. Treat it as though the campaign isn't over until the day after Giving Tuesday so that you can make sure that you're leveraging the day fully. The sixth best practice is something that we're just truly passionate about here at Cosvox is the idea that you can promote your campaign as much as you can, And it's going to resonate and rally people around your cause. But really, it doesn't then push past your community. And so for you to be able to really reach new donors, resonate quickly, and be seen by as many people as possible, what we see as the most powerful way, and many successful campaigns implement this strategy, is they enlist the help of current supporters. So since Giving Tuesday is an online-centric giving event, the use of social media to spread your message is essential. But you can even go a step further and actually ask your donors, staff, and community members to assist in your campaign. You're going to vastly increase your marketing power, your reach, and the effectiveness of your fundraising campaign. You know, we see how difficult it is to really get past the noise and distraction in our always connected world. And that's why, you know, we think by activating your supporters to not only give but to also share out your message, it's more likely to be seen. In addition to that, you know, there was some recent research um, that we that was put out that said, you know, 85% of donors or potential donors would rather be asked by their friends or family to support a cause versus an organization. And that's just because we value referrals. And so your community, your key supporters are almost even more valuable in the sense of the reach that they can help you um, achieve, but also the influence that they have on others to give to your organization, especially on a day like Giving Tuesday where there's so little time for you to be successful. You really need to tap into that power of your community to be able to promote your campaign. So get your staff involved also by urging them to share your social media posts on their own profiles. And also, you know, maybe find those advocates, those monthly givers, those board members, those volunteers that love what you do and are just waiting to get involved and send them an email and say, hey, like this is going on. Here's a few messages that you can share. We made it really easy. Can you help us share this campaign on your social media? Can you email this message to your friends and family? Again, don't forget sharing can also mean through email. And it's so easy these days because of how, you know, Email providers have changed um, that when I send a new email and I click the to field, it gives me a list of all the people that I usually send emails to are my friends and family. So giving them a, a, a kind of a, a scripted email copy to be able to say, hey, copy and paste this and send out an email to five or ten of your friends and family that really would love what we do and tell them why you care and ask them to get involved. Because again, it's only 24 hours and you really need to tap into all the um, influence and leverage that you can to make your campaign successful. And that's what successful campaigns do that we've seen here on uh, that use Cosbox to run their campaigns. And as you look at the best practices in the industry around Giving Tuesday. The seventh and last best practice we've seen is something that I've kind of mentioned throughout today's conversation. However, I want to re emphasize it because 
most nonprofits are are really really good at celebrating when they're successful. However, between zero and success, there's a lot of time. There's a lot of goals. There's a lot of things that have to happen for you to be able to get to that. And the thing that we see successful is when donations start coming in, let your community know how you're doing. You know, before the day ends, celebrate milestones. Even, you know, hey, we got our first 10 donors. We got our first 50 donors. We hit 60% of our goal. We hit 80% of our goal. If you've ever listened to kind of a public radio fundraising drive, you'll see this done extremely well. They are, you know, on the radio for 24 to 72 hours, really just trying to fundraise. And why they go so hard during those two to three or one to three days is because they want to spend the rest of the year doing what the audience cares about, which is sharing the great music or the great programming um, that their audience comes for. But their audience respects the fact that like during those three days, they need to hustle. They need to be, you know, use every influence possible to be able to drive donations, drive support. And so you can take some of those best practices that you've probably even heard and experienced on the radio and use throughout your campaign. And so by celebrating those milestones, by calling people to action and say, you know, we're 50% of our way to our goal to get to 75%, we need 25 more donors to get involved at 50 bucks. How about you be one of them and then invite your friends to be the rest? Really using those milestones as kind of leverage points or relaunching off points. You know, the launch is always exciting and the success in the end is always exciting. But you have to kind of create these other points throughout the day, throughout the campaign to really use to drive success. This allows you to still keep you know, your mission at the forefront but also leverage kind of the, the timeliness of Giving Tuesday to really push those in your community to get involved and take action when you need it, you know, because you want them to be a part of the day. You want them to help you reach your goal. And so calling them to action, celebrating these milestones and telling them what you want them to do. There's this famous quote. I don't know who it's by, but it's you know nearly 100 years old that says, you know, people are generous, but they're also kind of lazy. And what you need to do is be able to kind of activate them to get involved. Tell them exactly what you want them to do, what you need them to do, and show them how they can be a part of making a difference on Giving Tuesday through the work that your organization is doing day in and day out. And yes, it's only a day campaign, and if they give the next day, it's just as valuable as the day before. But by leveraging that timeliness, you can draw on that rally people together, build on the social nature of the day, and really drive some effective fundraising results for your Giving Tuesday campaign. So those seven best practices are ones that we just see successful campaigns really leverage to drive success. So, you know, number one, focus on your stories. Number two, keep your message positive. Number three, don't forget how important email is. Number four, use a multi-channel approach. Number five, stay engaged throughout the day. Don't just press send and walk away and expect everyone to come and donate to your campaign. Number six, enlist the help of your current supporters. It's so important to give them clear action items so that they can help you be successful. People want to be a part of something bigger than themselves. You just have to present the opportunity for them to do that. And number seven, celebrate milestones. I think if you use these seven best practices on Giving Tuesday, 
Um, it's coming up soon. I know it's last minute, but these are some great things to think about as you promote your campaign, as you kind of make final preparations with your team. And so we're excited. You know, here at Cosvox, Giving Tuesday is one of the more exciting days of the year for us. Uh, we love watching campaigns that are using Cosvox to power their campaigns as they drive success, as they hit their goals. Uh, we love it too because we learn so much. A lot of times, you know, we're the ones trying to kind of curate information and share out those best practices like on today's podcast. However, we get a lot of those insights by observing people like you that are running your campaigns uh, successfully and trying new things and trying different things or just, you know, doing things that are different than what's expected. And then we curate those and bring those back. So we're excited to see your guys' campaigns. We're excited to see you drive success. Um, and hopefully we can, you know, use some of the examples that you guys are going to do in the next couple days as we prepare best practices for 2017's Giving Tuesday. Anyways, I hope everything goes well and we look forward to celebrating with you. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of our podcast. I want to take a moment and tell you about a new resource our team here at Cosbox just put together. Year-end planning is, is quite a challenge, especially if you're on or lead a small fundraising team. Our new planning tool is designed to help you plan the last 60 days of the year and how you can fundraise successfully during this time. It includes a full guide to make sure that you're planning effectively, but also a checklist to keep it simple and remind you of the things that are most important. You can download your free copy by visiting cosvox.com slash year end. Or if you're listening to this on iTunes, it's included in the show notes of the podcast description. I hope you'll check it out. And we'll be back next week with another guest serving in the trenches. We'll see you then.